Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's <laughs> another week. It's another month, I should say. So it's another live show. And uh, tonight we will be talking our favourite music videos. Um, I've been a little bit slack on the on the promo for this one, and uh, and so we seem to have um, uh, a more intimate uh, turnout than, uh, than than previous ones. I refuse I refuse to believe that it's people that just don't like talking to me over Zoom. It can't be that. It must just be the fact that uh, people are, are, are busy. But that's not going to stop us from having a delightful chat about music videos. Um, there was no other kind of sort of criteria attached to this. I think it was just a case of like, well, let's just talk about um, our faves and, and why they're our faves. And and I think there's, you know, instantly when you think of music videos, there's the, the big hitters. And uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to know where people are going to go with this, if there's going to be something that, you know, isn't, you know, one of the ones that features in the, the the sort of top fifty videos of all time. So uh, I've got I've got a few that have and a few that haven't. So uh, I look forward to, uh, to 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 chatting. Um, we've got Sai joining us tonight, and uh, and he's got a plus one tonight. He's got um, hardcore listed super fan and uh, and now part time off the beaten track fan uh, and birthday girl Katie. Uh, we've got Steve back, and uh, and we've got Danny back. Danny's um. Uh, sporadically uh turning up at these uh these live shows it's good to have you back this evening mate good to be here Thank sometimes you, i have to wake up at like 2 a.m for my work so i can't always do something like this if i've got to get up at, up at 2 a.m so yeah oh i forgive you mate i'll let you off but, and i got a two and a half year old son as well so that'll do it but, but he's gone to bed now so i'm all i'm all free free glorious up. glorious right yeah. well i'm gonna i'll kick things off and uh and, and I'm going to go for one that um, seems kind of fitting at the moment, um, which I think is a, a really, really incredible video, incredible cover. Uh, and I'm talking about um, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Um, obviously, we're, we're, we're recording this, the first live show since um, the, the passing of Sinead, who, uh, you know, was a, a very divisive character. And uh, but I think that's kind of what what made her so interesting and and and, and very remarkable. Um, never question her voice. Her voice was just ridiculously um, powerful um, and beautiful. And and I think you know it's 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 a sad thing that it, it feels that when you lose people, uh, you, you then go back and 
rediscover their work and then go and do a sort of deep dive on them because you know you you can't help but take you know a lot of artists for granted because they're always there they're always putting out music and you know we've only got so much time in the day and you know i've seen that there was lots of kind of talk of, of people saying you know within the industry like other uh, uh, uh you know people that have been in and around Sinead's work that were coming out in you know and posting stuff and there was a bit of criticism saying well where was you when she needed you the most and you know I guess I can sort of see why some people might feel that and but you know everybody does have their their own lives and their own things to be getting on with and and I'm, I'm sure there was many many people that that, that, that reached out to, to Sinead and, and, and tried to help and unfortunately she was in a, a, a you know a terrible a terrible place and uh and you know and unfortunately you know it came to to, to her passing um so I, I think rather than sort of getting bogged down in in the shoulda coulda wouldas of, of, of other people in the industry we should just focus on um just how incredible uh, her work was and, and, and what a outspoken and interesting and brave and you know just iconic artist and uh and i think you know, of, of being of an age where I, I kind of heard Mandinka really b before um, the, the 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 huge hit that was nothing compares to you, and and so I want to talk about that video, and uh, I'm sure we've all seen it, you know, countless times. And apart from you know, generally there's a few cutaways where she's walking through a what looks like a sort of cemetery or, or or a park and such. It's probably an iconic building that I'm, I'm unaware of what it is. Um, but you know, ninety percent of that video is just her beautiful face, just singing, like so close to the camera, and you know you get to, I think it's about three quarters away, and the first tear just kind of, sort of just drips from her eye down her cheek, and it's like something so small as one tear just captures just how powerful and, and and moving that record and the delivery of that record is and to be able to do that on camera as well and that doesn't look false that doesn't look like she's turning that on that is just raw emotion and I think that's why I wanted to sort of kick things off today and just you know just talk about what an incredible um video that is um and anybody sort of disagree with me that everybody sort of enjoy that video i think i don't know if enjoy is the right word but yeah it, i mean as you said it is so powerful it actually overshadowed the rest of anything she did i think it's a really um, good point um it's certainly iconic you I mean you say Sinead O'Connor, that's the first thing that pops into your head absolutely nothing compares to you the tear down the face it's sort of slightly unnerving somehow because it is just so in your face I don't really want to talk about that because I wasn't a fan mm. really. so I don't really want to say that much but it certainly is what props straight into your mind absolutely yeah she, she's basically thinking about someone and that's why she's crying because it's um all those emotions are thinking about that person as she's singing it so that's that's why it's genuine um, tears um, so it's, it's incredibly powerful like probably yeah the most powerful video ever made and, um, and I think to then also uh, kind of, she didn't write that, you know, that, that, and, and I think that the, the fact that it wasn't even, a, you know, a, a, a big hit or, you know, there's, there's various kind of versions of Prince doing it. But um, 
to be able to sort of take someone else's words and sing them with such conviction and, and be truly moved by it, I think that's that's pretty remarkable as well. And I think growing up at, at, at an age where, you know, you were privy to seeing, you know, her tear up the picture of the Pope, you know, her, her you know, standing there. And, and I think, did she, what was the song that she just, she was meant to do a performance that she just sung? Was it War by Bob Dylan? Um, that she just barked, you know, a cappella until I think Chris Christopherson come out and kind of helped get her away from the, you know, just a, a huge audience of... Uh, of uh, of Americans that that was not happy and uh, was it a Bob Dylan tribute concert? I can't I can't recall, but um, yeah, I just think also for a, a, a for a woman at that point to to be so vocal and so outspoken, I, I I don't think that that kind of that audience in America were ready for that, and and I think again just props to her for for just going, wang, and this is what I think, and I'm what what you know you agree with is is something that I think needs to be questioned and yeah to, to use that platform at that at that you know his potential career suicide and I'm sure the stuff with the Pope was you know hugely detrimental to 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 her career and she could have you know just played ball and, and probably sold millions more records but um I think she uh she done what you know what she felt was right and uh and you don't get that many artists that do that and, you know, are prepared to almost sacrifice their career. You know. And she used a platform. It was just really the wrong time in history. Yeah, completely. Now, 15, 20 years later, she would have been a a, a bigger hero for absolutely. a lot of people. Absolutely. As um, opposed to a villain, she was completely vilified. Yeah, completely, completely. Right, well, look, Steve, while you've got your, your mic on, um, what do you want to uh, bring to the table this evening for your favourite music video? Um, I mean, there's the entire catalogue of the band. It's been mentioned a few times, Madness. The entire yes. catalogue, Complete Madness, the video of the cardboard sleeve taken out. But I don't want to talk about that because they get mentioned quite a lot. You stole my thunder about, and the last one about the video that I'd thought of when you were talking about the Beastie Boys. Because the thing that did turn it around was sabotage. Yeah. And that video, that is an outstanding video. A Spike Jones joint, not a Spike Lee joint, but a Spike Jones joint. It's just iconic. And the video and the music that goes with it, that's what kickstarted their career after yeah. everything that we were talking about before. Yeah, massively. And, and, and I don't know about you, but like literally all me and my friends wanted to do was just put on fake moustaches and just drive around in our car. It was, and it, it just reminded you and it reintroduced the world to the Beastie Boys in spectacular fashion. Spike Jones was on fire at that point. Mm -hmm. I think anything he touched turned to gold. And I think when you align yourself with people like the Beastie Boys that want to have fun, you know, want to do something super cool, you can only, you, you can't fail at that, and I, and I think what you get with sabotage is is just it's, it's on my little list here. I've, I've got five videos, and and, and sabotage is, is is one of them because you know when did when did that come out? Ninety four, five. Yeah, and I mean you couldn't move on MTV for it, and and when, when you actually hear the song sabotage, it's a fucking great record, but 
it's not a commercial pop hit, is it? When you hear it, you'd never go, right, well, there's your big single. And and it is, it's a monster of a tune. No, but, but when you, I, do, I do think that's amazing. Just the first, from the way it starts, you just think, that's a belter. Yeah. Why, why does everyone not like that? It's, it, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. But I, I think, you know, if, if I was the label, I probably would have lent on maybe Sure Shot as, as a more commercial hit. I don't know. Um, but maybe it was a, a, a clever way to, I mean, obviously we've got Paul's Boutique and Check Your Head, you know, before that. But was it something that they're like, look, this is them playing, pro, you know, pure, raucous rock and roll again. And and I guess maybe that's what most of our first introduction to the Beastie Boys was with, mm. with Licence to Ill. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing really as to, as to what it could be, but it's a masterpiece. It's so cool. And yeah, just, it, and it's just super fun. And it? I don't think there was any, certainly, you know, of my, my circle of mates, there was no lad that didn't want to be in the Beastie Boys at that point. It was just forever the coolest. That, to this day, I still think the, the coolest band that has, that has ever walked the planet. I, I think it's a, it's a masterpiece. Have you seen the, um, the documentary that on, uh, on no, oh. it's, it's on the list with thousands of other things as well. Oh, you get round to some things and you'll never get round to others. It's, it's pretty special. It, it, it really is. It's super emotional in places as well. We obviously, um, in the you know, it's, it's being done, you know, after MCA passed and uh, and the other two are just. It's almost like a TED talk. It's really mad the concept of it. But like you say, you know. They're just cool. Whatever they do just looks cool. I mean, the video to Intergalactic is amazing, you know, just surrounded by them robots and they're just like walking through this kind of, I don't know, this kind of sort of sci-fi Godzilla set. It's it's, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, love it. See, for me, it's, um, I, I love uh, three MCs. Yeah. Oh, because it's got room. such a long intro. I was showing someone, um, I was Sam and, that, and I was trying to show them because they didn't know the song. And so we're messing about on YouTube and that. And they were like, come on. What? It's like, no, no, it, builds, it takes ages for it to kick in because he's there. He can't get in the building. Yeah. So he has to sort of tailgate behind someone. And they're just there waiting for him to set the decks up. It's so good. It's so good. And also, that what's the performance? Is it, is it check check it out, that where, where they're walking through New York to get to the, the, the studio and they walk into the studio rapping and, and onto the set. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's check, uh, it be, check it out. Oh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're, everything they do is just phenomenal. Great shout, Steve. Um, okay, Danny, what you got? Um, yeah, I've um, I've been have, having a think. Um, I've um, well, first of all, I'll just talk about a story. Um, my identical girl, because yet last night, um, um, I did a best man speech for my identical twins' um, brother's wedding. Because uh, yeah, he, he got married yesterday um, to the lovely Katie, um, so it's quite an emotional day. And um, yeah, I, I was tasked with the uh, best man speech. Um, so hopefully, I'd, um, I, I tried to do some embarrass. I definitely embarrassed him, that's for sure, because um, we're identical twins. So we kind of like know where the line is. And a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, you, you can't say that." Well, I've just said it. <laughs> you know, funny things to what he's done. You know, with the girls, or whatever. But um, you know, people. So I got some funny. Yeah, it was a bit of a, but I, you know, you know, it was a really good fun. And uh, one of the stories I mentioned in the in the best man speech um, was um, me and Matt in um, two thousand and a couple of mates 
uh, went to um, a gig at the Exeter Cavern Club. Have you ever been to the Cavern Club in Exeter? I've, I've played it. Mm. Oh, you played it. Fantastic. Good for you. That's great. Yeah, we, uh, me and Matt, um, we're both drummers. We played it there as well in uh, bands and, and we've seen lots of bands perform there. It's a fantastic, vibey venue, as you well know. A bit like the Liverpool Cavern with the brick walls and the archways and that underneath uh, in the uh, lower ground uh, underground club. It's a wicked place. Uh, and if you ever go to Exeter, you should check out the Cavern. And um, we went to see this band. Um, and it was just before they released their um, second single. And um, that second single was called um, Yellow. And um, the band was called Coldplay. And it was an absolute belting um, performance. Um, and you know, knew those four guys on stage. They had some incredible chemistry. And the sound they were making, obviously, we hadn't heard the music before. Uh, we had well, maybe heard Shiver before. But, but this was the second single just about to be released called Yellow. And um, yeah, the songs were just like, this sounds amazing. And um, and then his banter on stage was just like, wow, he's got charisma. Chris Martin, you said he was mentioning about um, they did a video for Yellow um, and they went to Studland Beach in Dorset. And um, the plans got slightly changed because um, of the weather. Um, so they had to basically make it really stripped down, simple. And in the end, it was just him walking towards the camera and they filmed it at 50 frames a second. So he's um, basically singing fast to the track, which is 50 frames per second. When it goes into the edit, it um, goes to the normal rate of 25 frames a second. And then the track's overlaid at the correct speed. So basically it makes him look like he's uh, walking in slow-mo because it's, um, it was filmed at 50 frames a second. And, and when he was singing, it was um, double time. So, but then, but that's why it looks like he's walking slow-mo um but it's um you know it's a great video and you can see in his eyes i watched it today he's like he's got that real energy and passion for it and wide-eyed you know um with just a raw talent and he's from my neck of the woods um, i'm from devon and he's from whitstone uh in uh, near exeter and um, we went to that gig and um we picked up on the way some um, guy um, and his sister who's waiting at the bus stop um and we get and they were going to the gig as well and we gave him a lift to the um, to the gig, uh, and um, actually his cousin was Chris Martin, so he's going, oh, I'm going to see my cousin's band. Wow. And he spoke to him at the end, and then my brother actually um, so brazen, he went on stage afterwards as they were de-rigging and had a play on Will's drum kit, Fantastic. and um, Will Champion gave him a signed pair of sticks that said, "Dear Matt, don't break this pair." And then Matt, Matt broke him in a band practice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was an absolutely incredible gig. Um, and yeah, I just like that uh, video because it's kind of simple. It's just the raw emotion of it. It's not like a really, you know, bells and whistles video. It was just their second single. And it was, you know, stripped down and just um, emotion, which is, again, going back to the um, Sinead O'Connor thing, where it's like you're just looking at their face and reading um, their emotions. It worked because I yeah. mean, aside from it being a, a, a you know a fantastic indie pop single, it you know that video took them. I think it might have been the third single. I think they put that Blue Room EP out first with bigger. Very good, very good knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from bro brothers and sisters EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then uh, this was like the second single off the debut album. That's right. That's Parachutes. right. And 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 obviously, Yellow become the. 
the, the huge global hit that that, that that you know took them into you know I guess Stratosphere. U2 territory. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know they're a divisive band. I think you know people love or hate Coldplay, and I, I was lucky to not see them as early as you. I did see them at the end of the Parachutes tour, and uh, and, I, and I see them another further two times on the next two records and seeing them I guess become every time I see them it was a, a, all of a sudden it was in an arena and then it was in a stadium and it was like and I probably did dial out after um, the third record but um, I did watch that Head Full of Dreams documentary yeah. on uh, Amazon Prime I think it's on there for free and I thought it was absolutely incredible I thought it was really really smart that the, the, the belief in what they were doing, the fact that they were documenting it from sitting around at uni to that first gig at the Dublin Castle or the Camden Falcon, wherever it was and uh, to then walking off and just going, oh this time next year we're going to be playing Glastonbury. Yeah, the self-belief. Incredible. And they walk off a yeah. stage that night and say, this time next year, we're going to headline. Yeah. And they fucking did. They, 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 they actually have, a, I don't know if you've ever listened to that interview with Joe Wiley fairly recently, and he basically has a plan and he's, he knows the next album and he knows the next album after that. He's always planning. And, and you know, he is a, quite an ambitious guy, but, but between the four of them, they're, they're just such a good force. And, you know, he always looks at Johnny during the performances because they got this incredible bond, you know, and they're, they're just like, you know, without each other, they're nothing. You know, they're just a, a, um, a proper, amazing team. Um, it's and, five, isn't it? It's not four. Uh, really? Because really? The, um, the, the, the manager is the oh, fifth the manager. member. Right, it's gotcha. a five-way split. Oh, okay, five-way split. split, yeah. And, That's and why, I, this, these are the bands that have longevity. Yeah. Five-way split, you know, and then you two as well, of course. Yeah, because yeah, they split it. Oh, and there's yeah. no um, like, um, arguments about money. Yeah, and, and not, I think that has been it because you know yeah. that, that documentary shows the issues that they had with Will, uh, and then issues with you know with with, with with drinking other members and stuff. And I just thought it was a fantastic documentary. Whether you're a fan of Coldplay or not, I thought it was a really amazing insight into you know uh, oh, your, oh, your yeah. local indie band becoming arguably the biggest band in the world. And uh, it's you know, and, and seeing the the issues and the, the struggles that come with that, and the yeah. pressure to, you know, you release parachutes or rush of blood, and it's like yeah. everybody's looking at you, going right, okay, what's next? And yeah. I guess you could say the same for the um, uh, Lewis Capaldi uh, documentary on Netflix. I'm not a Lewis Capaldi music fan. I find him great. I think he's really really interesting, and and and, and I love the fact that. He doesn't take himself very seriously, yeah. but he's got Tourette's as, as well, hasn't he? So he has, he's, yeah. he's, very, he's very honest about that, and I think and, and, that re it's really endearing as well when he's so and, honest. Absolutely, and, yeah. and and you know, and the fact that you know he he documents that in this this document, you know, shows the, the the vulnerability. And but even as much as he makes light of everything, you see what the pressure took the toll that he took on him in that documentary to have to follow up with a new yeah. album and it's, and it's like, all on him as well it's not there's not it's not a band as <laughs> absolutely it's just, he's on his shoulders it must be huge pressure to follow up with the same success the expectation uh, oh my god yeah. average... well on that with that documentary the only time because you can see the Tourette's building and the, the um ticks and that building and about the only time he didn't have them so the second half of that documentary is when he's with his mates in the pub yeah and he's just lewis 
with his mates. Yeah. 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 I, I thought, again, yeah. that was a fantastic. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, I mean, I love a music doc anyway, and... Uh... And I watch mm. them about anyone, but I thought that was a, a, a an absolute cracker. Mm. Well, what you got for us? I, you want, now I'll tell you what, birthday girl can go next. What you got, Katie? Well, in complete contrast, because <laughs> you lot have all been nice and serious. Um, I like an entertaining music video. Um, and I think my like first choice would probably be Frank Turner, Little Changes. Fantastic. Because he just, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but I love a dance routine as well. And then he's trying to do a dance routine and he cannot do a dance routine. And it's just, it's wonderful because you just, yeah, you really kind of feel for him because you can see him at one point just going, oh my God, (laughs) as everyone else is dancing away. And he's just like, what am I doing? Um, But yeah, I just, I like, I like that whole video because it was, it was a bit of a cheesier record of his anyway. Um, and I am a bit partial to a bit of cheese. And... You're a bit partial to, to Frank Turner, right? Because as much as I mock you for being a Steps fan, um, like uh, aside from that, as obsessed you are with with you know uh, Steps, you are a huge Frank Turner fan, aren't you? Yeah, just a little one. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing him next Sunday, um, and that'll be gig number forty nine. I mean, so, that's uh... that's conviction, isn't it? <laughs> you are, I mean... <laughs> Was you at the, the, the Frank Turner gig that Pip supported? No, I missed it and I'm gutted. It was one I really wanted to go to because the flat I was living at looked at Wembley Stadium. And so I knew they were playing there and then and I didn't get to go. I was oh. gutted. Yeah, I really was, wanted who, to Who else was on that bill? Was it Billy Bragg as well? Billy Bragg, Beans on Toast, Pip and then, yeah, Frank. Fucking it hell, that's a great night there, isn't it? I know, so annoyed. <laughs> So thanks for bringing that up. I'm really, sorry, really mate. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I heard a track the other day that um, I'd never heard before. And, uh, and, I, and I ended up 
ringing my mate Nick up and going, have you heard this? And because we was talking about our kids and music and 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 how you end up finding certain bands at a certain age and it all just resonates and you realise that, you know, for me it was the Smiths and, and R.E.M. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure generations before me was, was the same and generations after me, you know, I'm, I'm sure bands like the Smiths still resonate, but everybody has got their own, you know, version of that. And I'd never heard, and, and he was one of my favourite guests was the singer from the Lottery Winners uh, on my podcast. He was just such a crack and he was so nice. And I love the fact that they're completely DIY. They do it all themselves and, and they've had a number one record. That track with Frank on it, that diary, is it Diary to Myself? Letter to Myself. Letter to Myself. Fucking hell. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Have any of you heard that? I saw them live with Pet Needs supporting oh, a couple of months back. It's so good. He's just, you know, I guess writing a letter to himself about growing up. And uh, and it's fantastic. It's a real, real catchy little sort of, like, the chorus is, I mean, the, the verse is just, uh, lottery winners just kind of spitting out, like, this 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 kind of diary entry, really, about, you know, just, just telling himself that everything's essentially going to be all right. And then, Frank's just got this really great melodic chorus that that, that that just soars and then it just drops back into this dialogue. It's, it's, it's a cracker when you get a chance. I'll, I'll post it on the, the Patreon afterwards. It's, it's, it's a real uh, belter of a single. And uh, and, I, and I'll tell you what, when, when, um, because I, I, I was a little bit like not really on, on the, on the money with, with Frank Turner. I, I've been, I've seen Million Dead a few times, like back in the day. And uh, my mate's band. Um, it was quite a departure. Million Dead was so heavy. Such a departure. Well, such, such, such a, a departure. departure. Yeah, from and that, it was so heavy, wasn't it? Four, yeah. four, four of them, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah, they were just so thrashy. Um, yeah, massively. Not, not exactly easy listening. But no, and, and, and I guess... Uh, quite angsty. Yeah. Massive. It was yeah. fucking a proper yeah. hit. And... Thanks for reminding me, because I, I was trying to remember the name of that band, and then you said it, Million Dead. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't yeah, remember fantastic. the name. Yeah. And... Uh, and it was only the fact that my mate's band went on tour with them that, that I, I sort of discovered them. And then they were like, oh, yeah, like, Frank's got this thing that he does on his own. And and and, uh, and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy. And he'd been on Pip's podcast and Pip had always sort of said, like, this, he's such a nice dude. And, uh, and when I got him on here, I had him on here quite early on. And he was so nice and he was just like so chatty and his story was brilliant. And he, he, he told a story that he said that he grew up listening to lots of records that he's, hopefully I remember this right. His sister used to sort of have on in the house. Um, if, if he hasn't got a sister, Kate, do tell me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and he said his, his sister must've been probably around my age. I'm gathering, probably not, not offended about it. And he said like, you know, she'd be listening to, I think it was like the Levelers and Counting Crows and and lots of things that I think you can hear in his music, and uh, and then I see that he covered Julie by uh, the Levelers and does a fucking fantastic cover of that. Like a re- it's one it's one of my favourite songs by him. He's covers fantastic and Billy Bragg I think covers something on that EP. I think he does Hope Street on on, on that EP as well. Um, but he he recounts his story. He said he was. Uh, he, he was playing in Baltimore and there's a track on the first Canton Crows record called Raining in Baltimore and uh, and and he said like well I'm in Baltimore and 
my sister used to play me this record, I'm going to cover Raining in Baltimore. And he said, and I played it, and it was raining in Baltimore, and I played it. And then I got a tweet afterwards from Adam Duritz, the singer from Counting Crows, saying he was in the crowd and he thought it was wonderful. Now when you think, holy shit, that's when the stars align. Like, I love little sort of stories like that. And yeah, he was an, an absolute delight. And then from then he then went and guested on my mate's mental health podcast. And, and yeah, he, he just seems like a really kind guy and uh, that that's just got this... I mean, you're a testament to it, Kate, like, you know, following of absolutely obsessive nut jobs and like that just, you know, <laughs> that just follow him everywhere. And and that ain't an easy thing to do. Do you know what I mean? And and, and I think it's, it's it's testament to having that connection with your with your fans. And I think that's I'll just uh, say also on on that, on the Frank Turner, because one thing did for Kate's birthday, he recorded a, a birthday video for her. And I mean? like a lot of music stuff, especially someone because he's he's big. Okay, he might be slightly under the radar with the popular stuff, but he is big. He didn't ask for any money for it. He just asked a few quid to his chat to the charity that he supports. Love it. And he did it within about forty eight hours. Oh, that's so cool. And it's just yeah, that's what yeah. you want. From he's just stars, a nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love to hear things like that. Well, yeah. look, what you got for us, sir? Well, as I was telling Katie, I, I never really watched MTV now. Music videos weren't a huge part of me growing up, but the first one I remembered straight away was Opposites of Track by Paula Abdul. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. But I guess it was like, I guess if you're a kid, that's like the most exciting thing ever, right? It was, it was I'm guessing, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I think it's probably late 80s, early 90s, probably about the same time as maybe Roger Rabbit, and you had that live video and animation overlaid. And it was just, it was brilliant. And it's just, yeah, it's always stuck in my mind, that one. Yeah, I always thought that's quite questionable when it was called MC Scat Cat. That, that, that always kind of uh, felt a little weird. But, uh... well, that's my childhood ruin. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, she was... You know, she was she was a, an, an absolute pop star at that point, wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, there was that side of it as well. Yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, am I right in saying I think she she married to Emilio Estevez? I think then I think I'm, I'm sure she married Emilio Estevez. You know, at the, at oh, the end of the eighties, and uh, I think he would have been riding high with young guns, and uh, and yeah, and she was the the pop princess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I got a level with you. And uh, I don't generally call out people's choices. And I hate that record, so I really do hate that boxy record. <laughs> I really like Straight Up. Oh, I think oh, Straight oh, Up right. is an absolute gem. Yeah, that's the only one I know, Straight Up. I can't think of any other songs she's done. Apart oh, shit, she's Straight done, Up. She yeah. done Rush, Rush. Well, I've been ragging on the Smiths on virtually every one of these episodes. <laughs> so you finally got me back. <laughs> I think she was yeah. a judge on a TV talent show as well. And that's, that's, that's all I know about that. For herself, yeah. Matt. Yeah. But, uh, well, I've but discovered yeah. more videos through like you know, the last few years, like YouTube and stuff like that, just, just catching up on stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's the one I remember from back in the day. Absolutely. I don't remember money. Shout, I've got a shout out on the Roger Rabbit uh, front. Um, my local theatre uh, that's long been uh, shut down and uh, it was actually used in the Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai video when he's jumping on all the seats. But another one all, of your favourites. That's another one of my favourites that uh, I do struggle with. Um, but uh, but that was filmed in, in the State Theatre where, where, where I grew up, as was the cinema scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when he's sitting there. In, in That was uh, 
in the, the derelict theatre down the road from me. Um, okay, right. Well, was that in um, um, in uh, Grace? Thurrock, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thurrock, right, okay. Like, it's called the State Theatre. It was a huge, huge, beautiful building, and it's it's there, and it's it's rotting, and it's a real shame. But uh, okay, right. I'm going to throw a few uh, videos in. I want to throw one in that um, I don't necessarily think was groundbreaking in any way. Um, but it's a video to Papa Don't Preach um, by Madonna. Two reasons. Um, first reason, a boo pops out in it. And uh, and it was it went absolutely mad all over the news. And me and all my mates would literally just sit there with our finger on the pause button where she's got this sort of bask on and she's sort of marching around this room and she sort of flicks her head back and one boob just pops out. And it was like, quick, pause it. And it was like, look at that, it's Madonna's boob. And like... And so that was, like, you know, uh, absolute kind of uh, ridiculous uh, fueled up teams just, uh, you know, getting to see the, the absolute, you know, queen of pops boob. It was uh, such a big, <laughs> such a big thing that the moment, not the boob, uh, but that was ample. Um, but uh, but yeah, and it's my, it's probably one of my favourite Madonna songs and it's my favourite era of Madonna insofar as the short cropped blonde hair. Um, and I was just absolutely in love with Madonna and I love that song I like the storyboarding of it um and that video I just could not stop watching it boob aside as well I just thought it was it was an absolute cracker so uh I'm gonna throw in a, a little pop gem a little pop gem in that one I mean don't get me wrong you know how was I to know that you know three or four years later she was gonna be doing all sorts of uh ridiculously naughty stuff that would you know that uh that, that I guess by then maybe I'd uh, I'd moved on, but uh, at that point she was just the the coolest thing ever, and uh, and I and I still love that video. I think it's uh, it's a cracker for no other reason than I just think it's it screamed at the at the teenage lad that I was, and uh, and I loved it. Um, we should also I, I, I guess if we're talking pop stars of the eighties, I mean it's got to be impossible not to mentioned Take On Me, right, by Aha. I mean, that's an absolute... Yeah, piece. great great video, isn't it? Yeah, a real classic video. Uh, that's a, such an amazing song. Covered by, covered by A1, but let's forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, the original is incredible. Uh, and, and, you know, and I think you, you've interviewed them at some point, haven't you? I, I had Mags on, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, they're just really nice, seem like decent guys. And I like I like some of their later stuff as well. Mm. Um, you know, I've picked. Um, I've listened to a uh, few tracks here and there. They got quite a nice vibe to them, and um, yeah, you can kind Max of imagine is... their, their the landscape of where they're from with with some of their songs as well. The, the last album was oh. Soundscapes, and right. it was, and it was oh, really? it was absolutely beautiful. I'll have to check um, that out. But if you're a fan of Coldplay, Max mm. who I interviewed is in a band with Guy and. Johnny or Will, one, two, oh, two wow. of the plays in a band with Mags and somebody else. And they, yeah, they, they released music under. I can't remember the name of what they released music under. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, 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 they worked together. And Johnny and, it, Johnny and Will of Coldplay? Definitely Guy. Oh, Guy, yeah. I'm not sure who else. It's okay. another member, Johnny or Guy. I'm not sure. Have, have, have a little look. But, um, Mags, is, is he, what does he do in, in AHA? He plays keys. Oh, his so keys, right. When I asked who was what was the greatest ever intro, I could tell, and he went, "Well, I mean, I've, I've got to mention 
take on me, right? And I was like, damn right you have. I thought, Christ, I had the guitarist from The Killers on and you didn't say Mr. Brightside. I was like, <laughs> how can you not that about your finest intro you've ever written? And uh, But if you listen to Take On Me, yeah, if we're talking intros, you don't get a vocal for, I think it's well over a minute. You've just got like a, you've got quite a long intro before you get the, the you know, the money shot of the keyboard playover. You know, you just get the sort of build, but when it drops, I mean, it's perfection. Oh, it's an amazing well. song, an amazing video as well. Such mm. an incredible video. And, and, and I think... Going from the black and white to the colour and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and, and the, the, you know, just getting into an animated world. It was, yeah, like, you exactly. Know, it, it, Quite it, groundbreaking, wasn't it? Massively. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, absolute cracker. And I think, and also, you know, I mentioned how beautiful Madonna was. I think if you're... You're going to be a pop star, and 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 you look like Morton Harkett. Yeah, you know, you, you've got a, a foot in the door because what a ridiculously beautiful man. Yeah, he looks Harkett. perpetually young, doesn't he? But he's probably yeah. about eighty at the moment. But he looks about fifty. Like, absolutely, and and you know, I, I, I kind of get a bit annoyed when you see people who look like that and then open their mouth and they can literally sing falsetto the way that he does. It's uh, yeah, and, and singing in English as well. Yeah, are, are they Swedish? Yeah, uh, yeah, they um. They, no, the, uh, Norwegian. Norwegian. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, and, uh, thanks. I was just having a stab in the dark. I knew I was going to embarrass myself. From Smash yeah. Hills on my wall of Morton Harkett. Yeah. <laughs> that next to me, aeroplanes and my cars was Morton Harkett. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely may be on my wall, so I could always spell definitely after that. The, the Oasis um, album cover. God, I had Samantha Fox <laughs> 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 on a big Woolworths poster. That my dad got me for about my twelfth birthday. I don't know what that says. That's worrying. Um, I'm sure I'll unpack that in therapy one day. Um, but um, yeah, it was it, it was quite an interesting story. But it, when I had Mags on, he said that um, he they they basically packed their bags. He was, uh, I think, from what I gather, Morton Harkett wanted to be like he wanted to be like Ray. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, Eddie didn't, you know, he wanted to be like, I think he was sort of shying away from the sort of pop sensibilities. 
but they moved to they moved to London uh, to try and make it happen. Um, I think it was Magson Powell first, and then I think Morton then came over. And uh, because if you listen, there's that the first version they recorded of Take on Me under a different producer is way different, and it's really interesting when you hear these songs that you're so familiar with, and you just hear before it got reworked like the first and we mentioned Madonna but I think there might be the same with Like a Virgin I might be wrong um, but there's like the, the, the first edit of it before and that didn't West End Girls is a prime example by the Pet Shop Boys like the demo version like no no it was released um, oh okay and, and it didn't work and then they put it in with another producer uh, and it just all of a sudden you know they, they just rework it and it absolutely pops and it was very much the case for uh, take on me and and West End Girls if we're talking kind of you know mid eighties synth pop and uh, but yeah what a what a video it's uh, it, and I think it still really holds up now I think when you, you you sort of watch that I think it's still a an absolute cracker Steve have you got another one that you wanna you wanna throw I've in got the another mix? few I can keep going for a bit let's do it let's do it it's a pervy end from the childhood as well when I had the madness video my big sister had the Duran Duran video yep girls on film. Oh. Certainly had a few bits in the yeah. stuck in the memories. <laughs> <laughs> that was the stuff of dreams, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but the other video that I was going to mention was um, another big one, Smack My Bitch Up, The Prodigy. Absolutely. It's such a sort of good... Like, half of it was like a great night out, half of it was like a shite night out. <laughs> yeah. And sort of stuff like that. But the way it sort of builds, the way it goes, first person thing was just top notch. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great shout. And, 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 you know, and you don't see it that often. I think it, it got barred, right? I'm, I'm sure it yeah. got barred, didn't it? I mean, and, controversial uh, name, controversial song, controversial yeah. video, everything about it. But that's what you want from your rock and rollers, right? If you, you know, the, the, the prodigy aren't going to sing about, you know, standing on the doorstep kissing your girlfriend. They're, they, you know, that they, they, you know, they wanted to sort of fuck with things, I guess. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, the, the content, you know, the, the type of song that, you know, I, I guess doesn't sit right with a lot of people, understandably so. Um, but sonically, that record, you know, if you're going to make a video for that, it's got to be something that hits as hard as, no pun intended, that hits as hard as, as, as the, 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 you know, the music. And, yeah, I, I think at that point, they were just on top of the world, weren't they? They were just, they were driving music forward, I think. I mean, I, I didn't like the early Prodigy, Charlie, and all that, and even going into Poison and stuff, I didn't like that. But yeah, really? Of the Land, oh, I right. thought it was great. Fat of the Land, that was the third album. That was when they yeah. really exploded with um, Firestarter mm. and, um, yeah, Smack My Bitch Up. Mm. I, I, for me, I, I, I like the fact... And breathe, that breathe as well. That was a big song. Breathe, was it? Huge Breathe, breathe yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh, and for me, like, I remember oh. hearing, like, being old, like, hearing, like, Charlie and Wind It Up and, and Out of Space. Out of Space was one of the first songs that indie clubs were playing. And it was full on hardcore. It was just, you know, it was hardcore, and 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 it was being played in indie clubs because it had that sort of that that break in it, you know, for the chorus. All of a sudden, like, and it kind of just sort of pointed the way, really. All of a sudden, rock and like rock and indie clubs were playing this this record by the band of Prodigy, and I was like, I mean, I, I loved it, and I, I was DJing it and playing it in in, in, you know, in, in my clubs, and and then like, it just, like you say, slowly got harder with. Voodoo People and um, uh, No Good Start to Dance. And for me, I still think to this day, I know you, you're not a huge fan. I think Poison's like 
my favourite prodigy song. Poison is the best out of that sort of bunch yeah. of things yeah. before Fat of the Land, but and I like it more now as the after the film deck to see it. I'm like, oh yes, that is actually quite good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that great nightclub um, um, choices yeah. as well, playing Poison. That would people would just go nuts for that, wouldn't the they? Live drums. When we were yeah, the live drums, we the live drummer, didn't they? Kieran mm-hmm. something. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Kieran Pepper. Kieran Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah. um I used oh, yeah. to tour about in a band with Kier. Oh, so Kier was in a band called Real TV and before that he was in a band called Garth. And they used to come and play at my club. And uh and Kier's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And at this point, interesting might not be an interesting story, but my band at the time we was in this sort of comedy band. And uh and we won this Battle of the Bands in Chelmsford, which is where Keir was from, actually. Uh, and on the final of the evening, Liam and Maxine were in the crowd. We didn't know. And uh, and then about two days later, we'd won this award thing and had kind of made a bit of a, a racket because of what the sort of nature of what we'd done. Um, my guitarist got a, a call saying, will you come down and audition for The Prodigy? Wow, and uh, and this was the band that was managed by Gervais. So Gervais was going, "Well, what do you want to do?" And he's like, oh, "I don't know," because we just won this. I mean, in hindsight, we just won a battle of the bands in a fucking pub. I mean, it's a big pub, but it was still a pub. You were managed think, well, by who? Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and, you were managed uh, by Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I mean, this is like 1997, and uh, so no one knew who Ricky was then. There was no, there was no benefits to it then. Was that before he managed Suede? It was around the same time, it was oh, just, yeah. maybe just after. Like, um, what did you play in the band? Uh, I was a singer. Oh wow! Uh, um, and and I'd say Brilliant. singing's a, a, a bit of a, you know, uh, a stretch of the truth. Shouted oh. a lot. Like, um, you got com- you got confidence, so that's the main thing. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and passion for it, and and knowledge of music. I think I just wanted some attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, managed by Ricky Gervais. That's- and obviously, you've done you've done loads of gigs and supported all sorts. Yeah, we've we, we done that. Fun. Got the t-shirt. You had the wardrobe for it. I did have the wardrobe for it. Well, yeah, well, I don't really talk about that band too much. No, it's very questionable material out there. Um, but um, uh, the, 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 yeah, and so basically, my guitarist got this message just saying like, "Would you be interested in coming to audition? Because we're now going to put together a live band, and they've just got Keir in the band." And I uh, wanted a guitarist, and uh, and Mike was like, oh, I don't really know, like you know, I don't want to not do this band. I was like, we can, you know, you can't not go and audition for the Prodigy. That's fucking amazing. And uh, and he went and auditioned. He got offered the gig, and he chose not to do it. And then what? He chose about, not to do the Prodigy. And about seven months later, I was standing in a field at V ninety seven with him or V ninety eight watching Giz Buck then playing guitar for him and then literally just tearing the roof off with this homecoming show at V yeah. when Fat the Land drops. And I was like, yeah, he might have made a bit of a dumb move there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, fuck's sake. Maybe it wasn't meant to be, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he probably, you know, looks back now and thinks, fuck's sake, should have been with that. But, uh, but yeah, that You've got to go with your gut, like instinct, you know, intuition. Yeah. And if he was, if he, his intuition wasn't there, then yeah, yeah, he should be questioning that that gut feeling there, though. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, shocker of a decision, but yeah, fantastic uh, pick there, Steve. Um, right, okay, let's have another one from uh, the birthday girl. 
Um, I think the first video I remember watching, and it ended up being the first single I ever bought as well, was one of these Spice Girls. I mean, I'm not a Spice Girls fan, uh, but the impact that that had, and certainly that beginning of that record, you know, just seeing them all run up to that camera and then start running, moving backwards as it starts. It's, I mean, I guess in a weird way, it's as iconic, if not more iconic than the Prodigy and Oasis and all the other things that were happening at that point, you know, because I guess it went global, didn't it? You know, and then yeah. other bands didn't and the impact that that had. And is it, is it Mel B at the beginning in the kind of green? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it's such a, you know, huge single and your first single has, you know, hits that level of success like it's uh yeah it was incredible uh, it was just everywhere and yeah. yeah it was just iconic i think for my yeah. age group anyway yeah massively massively and uh and uh, do you know what like i i was really lucky in lockdown i had um melanie Sion, um who was absolutely delightful like she was so nice and uh and a right laugh and and it is interesting because i guess you know, you have these sort of premeditated thoughts that, like, oh, I bet she just brought this into Madonna and a load of shit music, like, and she was just obsessed with Kate Bush and was just talking, you know, we were just talking for ages about, you know, the, the, how incredible Kate Bush is and, and, and the music that, that she was exposed to as a kid. And it was just like, you forget, like, you know, I guess when you get put in these manufactured bands, you're kind of, you know, curated and crafted to kind of deliver this this thing this product but you forget that you know I suppose these people have all grown up in working class families like us and have been exposed to these you know and and, and bought their first records and listened to the charts and found what they're into and and it's you know and I, I guess all you see is the stuff that the, the label projects and you just go well that's what they are and uh, and certainly doing this podcast you know and, and speaking to artists that I didn't think would have any, I could have any sort of good music chat with. It might just be a bit like superficial and it always catches me out. And when you know, you're getting steps on then. I don't know. Do you know what's weird is like, you know, I, I do, I do get offered all sorts of pop bits and bobs and, uh, but I've never once had any, anyone from, uh, from, from Stepsy's firm uh, reach out. You know, I, I ch when I bewitched on, it was like I just thought I'm not a bewitched fan. Of course, I'm not, but I'm fascinated by you know how people's lives when you you know you become an overnight. I think bewitched dad. I think not me we spoke about this on the hardcore. Oh no, except on actually on episode hardcore scene coming soon because Chris went and saw bewitched at Margate Pride, I believe. Um, but um, but but yeah, just you know, I think they've had like. They're one of the first girl bands to have like something like five number ones on the spin or something like that. And to go from nothing to that, that's a, a, a journey that very few people are ever going to get to be part of. And, you know, the impact of that and what that must do to your world and the, you know, the world of your, your nearest and dearest. And all of a sudden you can't, you know, live a normal life. You're on this, you know, 
non-stop roller coaster, no pun intended, their roller coaster <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, of, 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 of PR and, and madness. It, 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 you know, it must be absolutely phenomenal. And like, yeah, you know, both good and bad. So I love having a little sort of chat with, with people like that to kind of get an insight into what, what that must be like. And, uh, yeah, because we saw Bewitched and Mel C at Brighton Pride as well before Steps Run. They, oh, they were all yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They, which were really good. I didn't really know what to expect from them, but yeah, they were just fun. They were great. Yeah. Mel C, one hell of a great. singer. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, she looks incredible as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she was fantastic. She was, uh, yeah, uh, an absolute cracker of a guest. Um, Danny, give us another video, mate. I'm really prepared another one, actually. Okay. Uh, I, I was thinking maybe um, Park Life, that kind of kicked off all the the indie Britpop years. It was such a lively um, Cockney video and uh, really visual. And they're all like, you know, doing little dances and, you know, yeah, bopping around. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it's great, great uh, vibe on that, on that video. And I love all the characters like uh, uh, Phil Daniels and stuff. Yeah. And the yeah. lyrics are so clear on that song, you know, just a really epic um, um, lyrics from Phil Daniels there. Yeah, it was a that's... work of genius to, to pull yeah. him in. Like, yeah, yeah. Because that was such a nod to, I, I guess maybe they couldn't afford him on Modern Life is Rubbish because he would have probably sat better on that. Um, but um, And I should also say that I did notice, and I watched it last week, Quadrophene has been added to the BBC iPlayer, so you can go and watch it. Uh, for, oh, good, good at the moment. So I want to give that a little watch. On, um, just say, on, if you go on, on Sky, certainly Sky Arts, there's about three or four documentaries and there's the one where it's the reunion of all the cast. Mm. And they read through some of the original scripts all together in front of this live audience. And, Great, they, read it? It and they discuss it. And it's about an hour, hour and a half. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and that film just just really holds up. I think if we're going to talk Blur as well, um, you know, I, I think the Damien Earth produced Country Ass, you know, was, was, was a very colourful and, and I guess almost like a sort of follow-up to, to Park Life in that kind of Cockney geezer kind yeah, of parody absolutely. that they they, they yeah, up yeah. to. But I think we should also uh, nudge Coffee and TV, which is a, a, you know, incredible little bit of animation. Oh, that's a great shout. Coffee and TV, what an amazing video that one with yeah. the milk carton. Yeah. Yeah, I love that video. Um, and Graham Coxon does lead vocals on that song. That's right, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. a cracking, and, uh, cracking video. Um, very memorable video that one. Yeah, absolutely. The story that goes alongside the song. Yeah, and, and also I guess you know Damon Alban has, has really just grasped the concept of the visual now because you know for the last twenty years he's had ten times more success globally with gorillas than he has with anything the blurs ever done. <laughs> we've just we've literally just said that to each other. Yeah. When as soon as you said Damon Alban that we're like gorillas. How yeah, can you not have that in the videos? Of course, like, and you know, uh, what an amazing idea! You yeah, know? the video for Dare is quite good. I think is, is it Sean Ryder in that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah which is meant to be. I think they told him to say you got you got to say it's not it's not there, but he didn't say it. He just said it's it's Dare. It, yeah. No, it, it's just, it's there, but he said it's Dare, so that stuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're going to get Sean Ryder in the studio, I guess you've got to kind of <laughs> expect that kind of uh, well, a lottery winners performance. Did. They did, yeah. He's, he's, he's he chatted at, at Tommy Rylance when I saw them. He chatted about because he did also. They sang when they had Boy George in as well. That's right. 
they were talking about Sean Ryder and getting him in. They were really nervous, and he was obviously Sean Ryder. But as soon as he got in that studio, he just smashed it. Yeah. Oh, I wish he'd done that when he came to DJ my place. Uh, oh, I love that story. What a <laughs> fucking catastrophe was that night. Jesus Christ. But <laughs> Sean Ryder gets Sean Ryder. Uh, uh, yeah, he's definitely for real. Like he, uh, he, he didn't just. You don't just turn it on for the cameras. He was a fucking nightmare that night. Anyway, um, lastly, um, it's, it's, it's back to you. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's your second one, sir, right? Yeah, I'm I'm going cheese as well, but back to my rock roots. It's November rain. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Someone had to throw that in, didn't they? <laughs> Great shout. Oh, it is pure rock, Guns N' Roses, cheese at their absolute destructive best. Yeah. Weeks yeah. late, and then they just walk off. And I think it was it you that said it still. On one of, was it on one of these where that is actually them walking off as yeah. well, having had an absolute fit together? So I've, I've got like six episodes that have never come out that I recorded with Josh Weller, this little podcast, and we interviewed people that were very successful in the 90s when there was money in the industry. And, uh, and to what it was like, and then they're still working now and asking them. And we spoke to like, who did we speak to? Um, uh, David Arnold, who, uh, the, 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 the um, producer and musician. Um, and one of them was, oh God, I can't remember his name, but he was the guy that um, produced all the Bon Jovi videos. Um, he produced like literally uh, all of Bross's videos, all of E17's videos. Um, but he was the kind of go-to rock guy, Aerosmith, and and I was just thinking, has he done that video? Because if you're talking about 90s, the most ridiculous pomp over the top, everything turned up to 11 nonsense is November Rain. And uh, and yeah, he, 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 uh, he directed November Rain, so I was like, right, I've got a lot of questions here. And uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not a Guns <laughs> N' Roses fan at all. And uh, I happened to live in a house with a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And uh, and it, it was literally about a month ago that everybody I know went to watch Guns N' Roses. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. And uh, so I, I, I swerved it. Um, I did watch a bit of their stuff on Glastonbury. But so the no, the November Rain video, he, he said that um, they did all turn up two weeks late. And that's on location. He's like, not two hours, two fucking weeks which is just ridiculous. It just shows the level of dickheads they must have been at that point. And uh, and the church, the church they use is on wheels and it's floating around sets. It's the church they used in the, I mentioned it earlier, in Young Guns. And uh, and they used it for the, 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 the scene in that video. They can said, literally decide where to put a church. Yeah. That's amazing. And, uh, and then obviously I said, so you directed slash in the middle of the desert with a guitar not plugged in just literally having a great big musical wank in front of everyone and he was like yep <laughs> so we got to, to chat about that and uh and he did also um great big musical wank could just be the title <laughs> of their biography couldn't it <laughs> but he um he said that um uh, the bit when um, Slash gives the ring, I think it's Slash or is it or Duff or whoever it is, gives the ring to Axel, and uh, and then walks out. He walked out and fucked off, and he said like they hated each other at this point. He said it was like an impossible environment to work with, but um, 
to work in. And he said that um, the whole concept, surprise, surprise, uh, for this massive epic thing all about Axel was Axel's idea. And, uh, and, and apparently this was at the time when there was MTV premieres uh, on, on, on MTV where they'd, they'd say like, you know, at 10 o'clock tonight, we're going to, there's going to be a premiere of the new video by um, Guns N' Roses. And apparently the record that that was on wasn't selling well. Um, because I guess this is maybe at a time when Nirvana happened by this time and was that yeah, kind of music becoming a little yeah, bit... Yeah, it was on Use Your Illusion 2, I think. Right. And, and I think by sure. then maybe the, you know, the, the world was like, do you know what? We don't want this band anymore. There's Nirvana, there's Pearl Jam, there's James Addiction. There's all these new crop of, of rock bands that... And, it, and, it, and also because it was the same sort of time as Terminator 2... And they, yeah. you know, you could be mine and that, but it wasn't one of those from that film, so it wasn't as popular. That's right, and and it hadn't sold well that record apparently at this point, and the band weren't on board with it. The, the director said he was just like, "This is ridiculous. It's like seven minutes. Like this is not going to work. However long it is, he went, this is just not going to work." Uh, and then it premiered, and I think the album sold three times what it already sold, literally in about you know a week, and much to everybody's surprise, Axel had actually got it right. You know, there was a massive audience to watch him just be the star of something for seven minutes. Dickheads <laughs> 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 like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, he got it right, and uh, and yeah, it, it was it was fascinating hearing, you know, even from like you know doing like loads of Nick Kershaw stuff in the early eighties, right the way through to you know building his career into making these, you know all singing, all dancing. I mean, November Rain is the biggest over-the-top video I think there is. He's ridiculously, you know, pure 90s madness. And, uh, and and yeah, and it's, it's definitely earned his place, you know, right up there. And uh, and it was it was bananas getting to kind of just pick his brains as to like, oh, my God, what was that like, being there, feel like, you know, directing that? And, uh, yeah, he, he, it's from what I... But I think he then went on to... He did do some other... Bits with guns. I think he done loads of slashy stuff, and I think he done. Did he do some of like? Is he in the? Is he in the New Bohemians or whatever? Is he straddling done after that? I think he done some of that, and but yeah, but he was off then, and he done. I'll tell you what he done. He also done. Is it giving to me? Michael Jackson and Slash was Slash on that one. I think it was, and uh, yeah, because I think like, um, was it? He was working with Michael Jackson. And he was like, I need a guitar player for this or something. And he got slashing. But did Slash plan Dirty No, he didn't plan Dirty Diner, did he? Um, I know Van Halen did one of them. I can't remember which one he did. Eddie Van Halen done beat it. That's it, um, yeah. I think Plan Dirty Diner. Black and White was in a... Was it Lolita Ford? Did she play on... Lolita Ford, was it? Did she play on... I don't know. I'm not sure. I know Van Halen did, did it for free. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get your solo on Beat It. I mean, that's pretty iconic. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 well, Stevie Ray Vaughan didn't he play on a on a Michael Jackson songs? Probably. Or no, was that a David Bowie one? I'm not sure. They all seem to reach oh. out for them big kind of guitar giants, didn't they? But I think your favourites, um, aren't they, Stu? Load of guitar solos. It's just what you love. Maybe I'm... <laughs> no, no, I do struggle with a guitar solo. Maybe I'm thinking of Noel Rogers. Oh right, yeah. I mean, Chris, what, what, he played what, on China Girl, wasn't it? He, 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 well, blimey, yeah, he played on oh. bloody everything. What yeah, he, he did. Um, 
But uh, I mean, we've just mentioned Michael Jackson, so you know, just start to sort of wrap this up. I mean, it's impossible not to mention Thriller and and you know whatever you make of Michael Jackson uh, as a, as a pop star, you know, pretty pretty special and uh, and Thriller, you know, certainly as some you know as a fifty year old man when you know when that first came out, I you know, and there was like it was just like this madness of like, have you seen Thriller? And then there was like another video of like the making of Thriller and like, and you just sort of, you know, some of us had, you know, this was, I think by the time I'd seen it, maybe I'd seen a, a pirate of like American Wolf in London. Obviously he'd, he'd reached out to, to Landis for that. And, it was like uh, a standalone film, wasn't it really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just fantastic. And it just shows, you know, that Michael Jackson was a, bit of a visionary wasn't he and, and a, you know an absolute you know pioneer you know certainly at that point and even just the, the impact of the, the, the Billie Jean video you know just somebody dancing on them lighting up them little you know steps it was just incredible and uh and even if you look at the video like black and white which I think you know where, where all the faces merge looks really good but there's that was a there was a video I think it was um cry by um Godly and Cream. Godly and Cream, which done that maybe <laughs> six or seven years previously. And uh, did Godly and Cream make that video? Because they were, they were legendary um, video producers, wasn't they? So I don't know if they actually done Black or White. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, look, we've been going for, for, for well over the hour now. And, uh, and it's been lovely. It's been a, a much more uh, intimate affair tonight. And it's been nice that... Um, We've all got to sort of like throw a few in the mix and, and have a chat. And you've had to endure me, you know, segueing into uh, stories uh, of, of, of former guests, but uh, it pads it out a bit, which is, uh, which is always good. Okay. Um, thanks uh, so much uh, for coming along tonight. Um, if you're listening to this and you've not been to one of these live shows before, there's a big old stack of you Patreons and, uh, um, and we only see a fraction of you and, and we'd love you to come along and, uh, and chat. As you've heard tonight, it's a, it's a really nice little space where you can all just, have a little natter about um, music and we're, we're not judging. We're not trying to be super cool. Um, even if I did say that I don't like Guns N' Roses, but um, it's, uh, it is a, a non-judgy thing. So, uh, so come along and, uh, and join in the chat and uh, get as involved as, as you like. You can have your camera off or your mic off and, and just, uh, and just listen in, or you can come and have a natter like tonight's guests have done. So, uh, so Kate, Cy, Steve, Danny, thanks so much for, uh, for coming along tonight. And uh, I'm going to press stop and, uh, and don't go anywhere.